Welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. I'm your host, Irina Shrovtsov. In this episode, I welcome Lucy Power, whose mission in life is to help families take back their power through education and coaching. Lucy Power is a qualified and ICF professional certified coach with a postgraduate qualification in personal and business coaching from University of Chester. She is also extensively trained and experienced in transactional analysis, psychotherapy, and integrates this with her coaching practice. Lucy is one of the co-founders of the Beyond School, whose idea is to bring consciousness to parenting. We need to stop outsourcing our thinking. What we are doing is stopping ourselves from tapping into our own innate knowledge of what's best for us and what's best for our children and our families. Lucy Power. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. I am your host, Irina Shehovtsov, and I am on a mission to empower broken-hearted women to break the chains of the past and move forward boldly into the future. Single Parent Success Stories was created to inspire single parents out there who are struggling to help them realize what is possible. How would you like to master your mind to transform your life, overcome anxiety, trauma, doubt, and suffering to win daily and enjoy a life of confidence, peace, and freedom? This is your unique opportunity to work directly one-on-one with me in a breakthrough coaching. If you are interested, you can check out the link below and schedule your 45-minute discovery session to see if we are a fit. Hello and welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. Today I have an amazing guest from UK, over across the pond. Her name is Lucy Power. She is one of the co-founders of the Beyond School, whose idea is to bring consciousness to parenting. She is also a transformational coach in psychotherapy. Also, she is a former foster parent of an autistic kid. So this is an incredible lady who I got a chance to meet in a a fellow podcasters group. Welcome, Lucy. It's exciting for me to have you. Oh, hello. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Irina. I'm really glad to be here. And I love the way you introduced me as a, a transformational coach. I'm also trained in psychotherapy. So I don't coach like psychotherapists or something. It's just they're two separate skill sets that I bring to my coaching. And yes, I am one of the co- one of the three co-founders of Beyond School. And we support children and adults of all different kinds to raise their levels of consciousness, increase their self-direction as families, and we support the whole family to learn everywhere all the time yeah welcome welcome it's a pleasure to have you please please share your story with us how you come to be to create this awesome beyond school okay so it's difficult to know where to start so as you said in your intro of me um years and years ago i was a approved foster carer so i took care of one little boy um he was having difficulties in his family home so they all needed a break so i was called in every second weekend to take him on a friday night and take him home on a sunday in his pajamas ready for bed ready for school the next morning 
so I was a massive and important part of his life. And I, I did that as a single person. I did that on my own, all through the day and all through the night, every two weekends for 16 years, from when he was two and a half to when he was just over 18. And he still comes to stay with me now. So he's still a really important part of my life and my family. And at that time, I was training to be a social worker. I was desperately trying to understand how human beings worked. I was confused about that. I'd had a traumatic spell in my childhood where I was confused and overwhelmed and I didn't understand the people around me and I didn't understand myself. So I trained in psychology. I trained in social work. I then went on to train in youth work, in counselling, in psychotherapy and then in um, business and personal coaching. And so I've trained in all of these different ways as a method, as a way of understanding how human beings work. And on the way, I became an approved foster carer. I've become, I've been a step parent. I adopted an old person, not an old person, not an old person. I adopted a young adult rather than a child. And so I've been a parent in all the ways. And I have always been so passionate about learning and development and personal growth. And I've held a number of jobs like head of learning and development, director of people and culture for, for different organizations over the years. And I got into senior management in social work and then I stepped over into the private sector and was in, in senior leadership there. And we came to make Beyond School I, I was reading a book um, last summer and I had the most incredible ideas and uh, just brain blasts of knowing how I could impact and change the world for the better by changing families, parents, children, by impacting all the people. And I spoke to my friend and who the person who was my very first coach and she said, please come and join Beyond School. You know, they'd already set it up as a bit of an emergency service right at the beginning of the pandemic, last this time last year. Mm-hmm. They were already responding to families' needs to learn more about how to home educate their children successfully. And then bringing me in, this has enabled us to grow and build the adult side. So all of the support and the love and the care and the services towards the parents is Yeah, so me joining Beyond Schools enabled us to grow an adult service muscle. So we've got got loads of stuff for adults, self-development, personal growth, health and wellness, business and finance, money, all, all the things that parents and adults really need to help them to be really successful and to parent really well. So we teach on self-direction, on emotional management, on coaching skills for parents. So I educate coaches as well. I help coaches to qualify. So through Beyond School, I'm bringing in all of those skills to help people to grow their self-direction and consciousness muscles. Awesome. That sounds like an amazing school. I want to join. Good. Yes, please do. I'll give you all the details so you can share that with your with your listeners, Alina. During your time when you were a foster parent, what kind of struggles and things you dealt with, you know, raising oh, that guy? So many. Um, so one night I woke in the middle of the night because I felt a bit of cold on my neck. Mm-hmm. And my Joe, my foster child was standing over me in the bed with a pair of scissors held to my throat saying in his autistic voice which he'd he'd learned to speak very much by rote so he didn't sound flowy and usual in the way he spoke so he said cut my throat out and I was 
like, Joe, why, darling? Let's put the scissors down. Why, why would you like me to cut your throat out? And he said, it hurts. So he had very intriguing views about his body, a strange relationship with his body. Once he wasn't able to poo for a long time and he said, cut off my bottom and my heart just broke. Another time I remember we were at a party together and he must've been about 12 at this point because he was, he was quite large by then. And I said, okay, Joe, we're gonna leave now. And on the way out, somebody started to talk to me. Um, and this distracted me from the fact that I'd said we were going to leave. Joe expected that I meant now, because when you say something to an autistic child, they take it literally, you know, it, it meant literally now, right now. Right. And then I started chatting. So he came, came back and slapped me really hard around the face, nearly knocked me off my feet. He was, he was so wrong. He was so upset and I was so wrong. It was my entire responsibility for being lazy in saying now when I didn't mean now. I didn't stick by the now. So I, I, I learned a lot about autism and about communication from Joe. I learned a lot about meaning what I say and saying what I mean and being super clear. And that's so important to autistic people. And it's really important to me as well. Oh, thank you. So one of the advice you can share for autistic, when somebody is dealing with autistic kids is really be intentional in how we speak. And yeah, so important say yeah, things literally so they are that's how they take them in would you say it's it's kind of generic in terms of all kids who are I think generic in, in terms of all humans actually i think it's really important to speak with intention and clarity to say what you mean and mean what you say and i think if you do that your relationships with all of the humans in your life will improve <laughs> but specifically with autistic people it's vital otherwise they're not going to understand what you mean so things like oh hello take a chair oh. is really confusing when you're autistic and you think take it where so this this stuff like that there's just things that we british people work into our language that is so unclear like it's raining cats and dogs Okay. What would that mean to an autistic kid? That's like, is it? Does that mean cats and dogs are going to fall out of the sky? That might be a good thing. It might not be a good thing. <laughs> and I'm going to keep my eye on you. Kind of gives images to autistic people of somebody taking their eye out of their head and putting it, on, <laughs> putting it onto their head. So yeah, we need to be really careful about the way we speak to autistic people, but I would definitely spread that to all humans for sure. Yeah, very good advice. Thank you. Welcome. What kind of advice can you share for single parents who are overwhelmed and struggling or just embarking on that path? The advice, the number one piece of advice that I've learned over and over again in my journey with Joe and in my journey with other kids that I've had massive impact on in my life is to ask for help when you need it. I, I think I certainly, di I didn't know how to do that. When I was younger, I wasn't good at that. I never asked for help. I thought it was a sign of weakness. I thought if I was to ask for help, people would see how vulnerable I was and I felt unsafe in that way. I've learned my way out of that way of being now. And I'm good at asking for help most of the time, not all of the time. But that's definitely my number one piece of advice for any parent, um, whether you're going it alone or whether you've got a partner who's maybe not as involved as you'd like them to be, ask for what you need. Mean what you say and say what you mean. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, those are powerful things.
I think for myself, I'm still learning how to ask for help. Yeah, it's hard, I, right? Because I, I think I, I, it's not because of the weakness, but if I don't do it myself, then it's not going to be done perfectly as I, I can do it. I think I'm coming from that maybe perfectionist kind of frame of mind. It sounds like it, Irina, and it also sounds like sounds like a trust issue. So to ask somebody else to help us, we're asking them, we're inviting them to see us and to hear us in all of our vulnerability, because we're saying in that moment, I haven't got this, you know, I cannot do this all by myself. And that can seem to some of us like an admission of vulnerability and that feels, can feel dangerous. Yeah, yeah. What does uh, one of the, do you have anybody who inspired you in your journey? Who was your favorite coach? Wow, so many people. I mean, Brené Brown really inspires me. The level at which she talks about shame and vulnerability and being present with yourself has really helped me over the years. You know, I've been reading Brené Brown for years and she really helps. She really speaks to the part of me that struggles for some reason. I, I guess that she's also an ex-social worker, which is what I am. Oh. So I think that because we share a way of talking about humans, a way, a way of using language, she speaks to me. Please tell me, have you had an experience in life that was transformational that caused you to change your direction and which way you were going? I have. I really have. Um, I've never spoken about this publicly before, but why not? Hey, <laughs> so when I was 21, I'd finished a degree in philosophy. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And I was working in a kind of temporary job that, that wasn't really going to get me anywhere. I had applied to do a master's degree in social work. And I think I was waiting at that point to hear whether I'd got into the university or not. My um, paternal grandmother had just died and I'd been asked to speak at her funeral and I was really nervous about that. And I'd applied for a job that I really wanted and I was waiting to hear about that. So I was in an uncomfortable position. I was in this waiting place, this not knowing what life was going to bring next kind of place. And I was walking home from my temporary job and suddenly the world went very swirly-whirly all around me and I did not know what was happening. And then I woke up in hospital. Apparently it was a week later, I'd been in a medically induced coma and I'd had a seizure. I'd had a huge um, bone breaking, life changing seizure in the middle of a busy road in a dark and rainy afternoon. And the whole experience was absolutely terrifying. You know, I could have died for so many reasons. I could have died because I was lying in the middle of a road. I could have died because I had a seizure that I needed to be brought out of by medical intervention. I could have died because of the coma that I was in. I could have died. And that woke me up to the fact that I could go at any time. Anybody, any of us could go at any time. And it woke me up for this need to make my life count, to make impact, to make to reach myself into communities, into people's lives and make their lives better, help them to realize their potential, help them to realize their scope of impact. And it made my drive for my scope of impact be bigger and stronger and more powerful. Oh, wow, that's an amazing story. And you discovered it at a bright young age. Yes, I was lucky for that. I have then, I did go on to have a further seizure 
but I didn't take any medication. The, the medical profession offered me medication and I said, why? They were 13 years apart. I'm willing to take the risk that I have a seizure every 13 years rather than spend my life on brain numbing medication that's gonna harm me over time. So no, thank you. So I'm medication free and I haven't had a seizure for a long time. Oh, wow. And I think so powerful, the impact that you're going to make when you are gone, what, 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 how do you wanna change the world? I want to change the world by supporting families to raise their levels of conscious awareness, to stop outsourcing their power and potency to the systems that aren't working for us all. Because at the moment, the education system, the health and wellness system, the all the systems that are set up and pretending to support us aren't supporting as well. And we're locked into these systems and sometimes it's really hard to step up, step out and have a look at what those systems are and how they're holding us back from fulfilling all that we can be and holding us away from our truth. So I am here to offer a solution for families, for whole families, to help them to be whoever they are and to live however they choose and to take their power back, to take their strength back, design the culture inside their family that they choose to design, that suits them, that they like and love, so that they can like and love themselves and each other. I, I totally, totally agree with you about, you know, the systems being broken and the society, the life that we live, we always, oftentimes we're looking for rules outside of us to dictate how we're supposed to live, what we need to do, and because, this person says this and we want to follow along. We don't want to strike out from the, the mainstream. But I think it's important to recognize what's broken and to, like you suggest, you know, evaluate where we are going, what things are in place and how do we actually raise consciousness? How do we become what we are here to become? Absolutely. And my short answer to that is that we stop outsourcing our thinking. Because I think at the moment we we think, oh, there's an expert out there for that. There's somebody who knows about that. And actually what we're stopping ourselves from doing is tapping into our own knowing, our own innate knowledge of what's best for us and what's best for our children and our families. Mm -hmm. What kind of advice can you share to get on the road of listening to ourselves better? I think, again, it comes back to trust. Um, you know, when you said that, you, you thought it might be perfectionism. I think it's about self-trust and I invite everybody to build up self-trust by doing small, leaning into trusting themselves exercises every day. So something like make a tiny weeny micro commitment to yourself and stand by it every single day. So it could just be something like every time I'm thirsty, I commit to having a drink or every time I need to go to the toilet, I commit to going to the toilet. So these are things that it's really hard to fail. <laughs> it's not like, right, I'm gonna lose four stone or I'm gonna go running every day. It's not big life-changing goals, but small ones that are hard to, to fail. And that will help us to build up that muscle of trusting ourselves so that then when we're deciding whether or not our child will go to school, then when we're deciding whether to talk to our child as if they, can understand what we're saying or yell at them mm -hmm. we can trust ourselves to make the right decision totally i totally agree one of the good books by don ruiz the four agreements i love it and yeah like be impeccable 
in how you use your words and so so important and also those little commitments that we make i think i don't know for me personally i find that i make commitments to others that i always fulfill but those commitments to yourself that i need to work on it better to be more responsible to myself what i say i'm gonna do i get it done you know for some reason when it's like outside accountability other people you feel more responsible if you don't show up if you don't deliver but when we're talking to ourselves it's like oh it's okay we can do it tomorrow but i I think it's important to embark on and doing those small micro movements like you say yeah absolutely get it under your belt and then make bigger commitments I think it's an important place to start if you're not used to trusting yourself, to showing up for yourself. And I think that that goes back to so many of us, especially women, grow up believing that we are not as important as other people. So we will show up for other people. You know, we'll commit to being on time or to doing what we said or to keeping our promises to other people. But we struggle to do that for ourselves. And I think that's because we do not connect to our own importance So I invite you to do that. And a great exercise for that is to do something for yourself that honors your importance every single day. And that might be around being a little bit more mindful about what you have for breakfast. You know, just thinking about starting the day in a really good way that treats yourself as if you're special and as if you really matter. I think that's really important. Yeah, yes, yeah. Self-care and self-love go a long way. Yeah, absolutely. They can be life changing if they're used in the right way, um, because they can build up trust, build up your sense of importance and help you to put your own oxygen mask on first and therefore be be the important person you were born to be. Yeah, yeah. How how was uh, this year, the pandemic in the UK? How did you manage through the year? I can't speak for the whole of the UK. For me, it was it was complex. It was great in some parts. Um, It was life-changing for sure. So before the pandemic, this time last year, this exact time last year, I was running retreats and events and um, meeting my coaching clients in person. Um, So I was doing lots of face-to-face in-person things. I I was breathing the same air as people and hugging them. And then suddenly I wasn't. So two weeks before we were locked down in the UK, I I had to self-isolate because I'd been in contact with someone who had COVID. I didn't didn't get it. Um, I don't think I've had it. I don't know, maybe I have. I had a heavy cold at some point. Um, But yeah, it was complex. I lived in a small row of cottages. You know, those cottages that are all completely conjoined to each other. And the neighbors on both sides were horrible bullies who were just cruel every day, every chance they got. I lived with my partner, that relationship is broken up. And I think that's because, because I was always away. I was working abroad and in other parts of the UK right. like really frequently. So I was rarely at home. And when I came at home, it was a celebratory, lovely event. Mm-hmm. Suddenly we were living together with no respite, with no breaks at all. And I think that threw some existing issues in our relationship up in up into the air so that we could see them. We also weren't allowed to see my partner's son all the way through the first lockdown, which was about three months so that placed a strain on that relationship and when he was then allowed to come and stay with us he stayed with us for a long time like four or five weeks and that placed another strain so that was really hard because I run my business from home right the the joy of lockdown for me was that I was able to move house 
finally, after the first lockdown and before the second one, I snuck in a house move. So I've moved back to a, ho- a, a town where I know people. I've got some good friends here. And one of my good friends here is the person that I've gone into business with to, to form and grow beyond school. So mm-hmm. the whole coming together of, of everything that was right for beyond school, part of that was me moving here so that I could live nearby and get get more involved um not that we actually see much of each other because of we're still in lockdown now Um, and yeah so the whole time was complex but it's changed my life forever you know I've moved everything of my business online Mm -hmm. so I can now although I am at home I can work from anywhere in the world so I've got fantasies about sitting on the beach in Bali with a beach hut that I'm renting behind me working on my laptop just exactly the same as I do here so it's widened out my world in terms of potential and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's helped me to form the best business I've ever heard of in my life, which is beyond school. And it's helped me to move everything on, online so that you know I've got so much more freedom, which is lovely. I was really wedded to in-person events and retreats before, and I will do that again. But for now, everything's online and I'm and I've got beyond school to to focus on and to to build, which is so exciting. That's incredible. I'm waiting. What are you waiting for? (laughs) Do do not wait. Why are you waiting? (laughs) No, I'm not waiting. It's also been an incredible year of a lot of growth for me personally and uh, creating online programs and completing my coaching, my NLP, timeline therapy, hypnotherapy in the last year alone. And I was able to meet so many incredible people all across the world that mm. I would never have otherwise if there was no pandemic. Yeah, abs- me too. Absolutely. I mean, I started a podcast. I have met you. But, uh, <laughs> yes, I met you as well. That's <laughs> definitely worth celebrating. I started a podcast as well. Um, yeah. We- which won an award for the best lockdown it didn't win the award it was shortlisted Lucy don't don't lie and um, it was shortlisted for the best lockdown podcast award for the podcasting for businesses award which I was very proud of um I used the podcast to to find people who could help others and with inspiring and amazing stories of thriving during tough times so I really enjoyed that um yeah it was an amazing time. It's definitely transformational. 2020, and it seems 2021, is a transformational time for all of us, or yeah. for so many of us. And I'm aware that we're all in the same storm and we're all in different boats with different privileges, different um, access to resources and, and different hopes and dreams. So everything, the experience of each person is different and the storm has been heavy going for so many of us. Yeah. If people would like to find you, where would they go? They can find Beyond School's website at www.beyondschool, all one word, .co. Um, My own website is www.iamlucypower.com. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram under under either Beyond School or I Am Lucy Power. Mm. Glad to hear from any of you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure of having you. Thank you for your stories, for your advice, words of wisdom. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your time. If you like this episode, 
please share with somebody who would benefit. You can leave comments, topic suggestions, and add your reviews on Apple Podcasts. It also helps greatly when you download the episode. If you feel lost, emotionally hurt after divorce and want to rediscover who you are, you don't have to do it alone. Join our community on Facebook, Limitless Women, Self-Love, Mindset and Support for Relationships, where we hold trainings and various events to help you thrive and become happy again. Because life after divorce is possible and can even be great. If no one told you today, I want you to know that I love you and believe in you because you are limitless.